inspire. Welcome back to Starting Now. I'm your host, Jeff Saris. This is the show where I talk to entrepreneurs who reveal the unexpected paths to where they are today. Today, my guest is Cyber49, the founder of Animetas. Um, it is CyberH49, the, the H is silent, but which I really like that. But we dive into um, computer vision, machine learning, and all of the things that Cyber has in his background. He isn't a doxed founder, so it's actually just going to be a still of his PFP, and we don't have his his actual name, which is no problem at all. But just so you know, uh, going in, that this is going to be a little bit of a different episode from normal. But I find his uh, viewpoint on everything super fascinating. He's he's staying agile, and he's been building Animetas over the last year and a few months now, and testing things moving along as like we need to as creators in general entrepreneurs um but also you can sort of see his researcher the researching the researcher side of him come out through what he's doing and this is a fascinating conversation i definitely could see having another one about uh many of these topics in the future but anyway without further ado my conversation with cyber 49 from animetas yeah, I just really love your insight into everything and um, just how you look at the space is uh, just, it's it's sort of refreshing, I guess, because you, you've you never been into just that, um, like, we're all going to make it kind of mentality that so much of the space was for so long. Yeah, totally. I mean, basically, I try to look at stuff, you know, like critically and and like more than that um i think that like a lot of people are uh, a bit naive about what the space is you know and uh, and and i think it it's going to be huge right but but i mean the world has seen uh bubbles like the dot com bubble and you know like a lot of uh previous bubbles that uh, i wasn't born uh uh, to to experience, but uh, back then, but but basically, I think that you know, like the we're all gonna make it mentality is is okay if you're um, if you understand that you're going to fail a lot of times on the way, right? And and you you gotta keep you know going and uh, and basically build that you know like that community of people you trust, being uh, keep being consistent. Uh, keep being creative and have a lot of patience. You know, that's like my main takes. Yeah, having that agility, being able to adjust and recognizing that, like, yeah, like there is maybe no failure, but at the same time, it's no failure because you're making sure that there is no failure. You're not following some set path. Exactly. I think like that. Um, maybe it's even a sense of you know, like agency. Maybe you know. Like you can you can basically um, um, try a lot of stuff, you know, and sometimes you'll fail. Fail, uh, but you know, like you're being very honest about what you're building. You're being very um, um, straightforward and upfront about it. And it, I think that it, it it makes you you know like genuine in terms of like being a builder, but um, but also, you know, like keeps uh, people's hopes, you know, like at the right place. And yeah, definitely. Yeah, it keeps everything sort of um, setting expectations is so important in the space exactly. and for ourselves. Just because, um, as we see, people have uh, wild expectations based on some projects that have delivered a ton of money and ton of uh, revenue, but. Um, yeah, expectations are a tough one, even personally, like we can have expectations of whatever it is like, oh, I'm going to start this and make a bunch of money. I'm going to have this freedom. I'm going to have this. I'm going to have that from what I do. But those expectations can, uh, hinder where we're going a lot of times. Totally. And I think like, yeah, it's, it's very, you know, like natural to, um, to have those unrealistic expectations, Obviously, when when there's a bull market and you know like uh, prices are exploding and you're like everyone 
says, oh, God, it's going to be like, uh, I don't know, uh, double than that or whatever. And, and you find it hard to sell, right? And, and, and I think that once you zoom out a bit <clears throat> from, you know, like this huge casino uh, that, we, uh, that we call the NFT space at the moment, at least, and see that um, a lot of different use cases don't necessarily have um, have to be very profitable, but there they there are still um, something you'd like to use or or something you know like um, it will be a building block of of Web three in the future. Um, and and like my 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 analogy almost always right is is that. Um, I don't know if scarcity um, is is that important in terms of uh, like the entire um, collection, and you know, like we've seen this uh, very long wave of 10k collections, and you know, like Animetas is is one of them, obviously. Um, but w- one of the main things I see that people get wrong in the space is that most collectibles, right? I mean think about Pokemon or, or Magic the Gathering or, or whatever. And that's something, you know, like I talk about a lot in my tweets and, and wherever, right? But like, you can you tell how many Pokemon trading cards were issued like ever in the world? Probably not, right? And and basically, I don't know, like if you get a Pikachu or, or, or I don't know, like a... A Caterpie or you know like a basic Pokemon that is very common, then it probably costs today less than what I paid for the pack like 20 years ago, right? Or maybe more. Um, but if you got if you got a Charizard back then and you kept it, then that's going to be worth like a lot a lot of uh, a lot of money. And it means that you know like you 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 need to get like scarcity and rarity, right? Because you know, like it could be that there are a lot of different um, trading cards and some have a lot of copies and some have um, some have only a few, but, but, but still like you get the experience of collecting. And I feel that it takes out like how much you think about money because, you know, like, when you really collect, when, when there's more substance to it than selling for, for a higher price or whatever, um, then I think that you, you you love doing that for doing that, you know, like for completing sets or or getting the cards that you really like. And there there is more than one opportunity because not every card, like all cards are not unique, right? There are uh, some, a number of copies for, for each. Um, so, so basically you get this feeling that you really can complete the set, you know, like you really can become the, that Pokemon master, right. Or whatever. That's the best analogy I could think of, but, but once, um, a collection is unique and that's something I think all of us in the NFT space, um, didn't get right um is that you know like that getting if if something is unique then you know like it could be cool for a picasso or van gogh or or an x copy or i don't know what but but for collections if you really want to make it something of substance then i think that it should have like copies or more than one and also once a collection, uh, like the 10K collections that we all uh, have been uh, buying and selling uh, these last two years, you can decide like on day one that it, that something is going to be a collectible, right? It has to um, get this recognition and substance and story and community and values. And you know, it's, it's something that I, I feel people are... Um, saying about different projects that there are blue chips or whatever, but give it like 10 years, 20 years, uh, I don't know, like 50 years even, you know? Yeah, I mean, that is the thing. So 
I have a sort of my my thesis around all of these brands and um, IP, I guess, however you want to look at it for all these different projects, is that what so many projects have gotten wrong is they're not focused on the collector and giving them something to feel. Like we need to have the collector feel something, feel a positive emotion, yeah. feel like a connection to it in a way that like you brought up Pokemon cards. You didn't bring up... Uh, garbage pail kids like these random yeah. like niche little things from the past that people collected with like fervor like they wanted it because there was some connection they had to it and it's not that it's just the art it's so much more when you build sort of just a community of people who love something and collect it Mm -hmm. for the sake of collecting. I saw actually that I think it's your dad has one of the largest Starbucks gift card collections. Is that Yeah, is that right? yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And like that's so not something no one I I assume that he's not looking and saying, Oh, these are the artists that did these cards. Like that's why I'm collecting. It's more the feeling he has. Like there is something mm -hmm. about collecting these cards that means something more to him than the plastic they're printed on. Of course. And I think like it's the journey, you know, like it's it's how he got every card, right? And and you know, like the places he traveled in the world to find different cards and the, the friendships he made along the way, uh when when you know like he started uh corresponding with people to trade cards and you know like finding places on the internet to buy them or trade them or whatever, but it it's like it's that sense that you've made something, you know, because because you decided to collect, and now you have this um, this trophy right at, at home, uh, this this grail that that you love looking at, right? And, and in our case, it's it's like flexing, um, it's like flexing your NFT or whatnot. But but the only way, and that's something that. Uh, uh, I'm talking about a lot as well because that's something we're developing for Animonsters, the next phase of uh, of Animetas. But like, I, I found it very um, annoying to me that the only way to get, let's say, new NFTs is to buy them, to pay money for them, right? And 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 I think it shouldn't be that way because you know, like, there is there there should be like ways to you know ways to collect really really collect and, and it should it shouldn't be dependent only on money because then we don't give the same opportunity for different people and we don't give um the the same fun feeling for 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 as many people as as we can you know and that that's something i think collecting is all about yeah for sure and we bond with one another over collecting a certain a certain thing so yeah if it's if everything is gated by thousands of dollars <laughs> then it's suddenly like you're not able to bring in that that collector base the thing that this really is like about basically because it is they're like digital trading cards they're, they're digital collectibles of any it doesn't have to be tr trading cards it can be anything but it's some some sort of ip something we are connecting with that we want to to buy and collect and trade and hold on to and watch and see see what new new things show up and that's something that i think too with like anna monsters because you mentioned it, i think it's a really interesting idea that i really like because it's a different um a different spin because i think maybe you mentioned it it could have been someone else but if you like if you want a rare in a collection that's minting out like normal you either get lucky and mint it or you spend a lot of money to get it later and there isn't yeah. really anything in between. So it's exactly yeah, it removes that agency from it. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, I, I said that and I, I I say it every time like someone talks to me about uh about NFTs because I think that like what we're aiming for with any monsters is is that you know like that feeling um you have when you go to I don't know like Target or whatever. And buy a pack of cards, or 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 find that exact I don't know, like Barbie doll or whatever um, that that you didn't uh, that you never that you've never seen, and here you you can trade for it, or you can I don't know, like 
it could be like a lot of different stuff, but 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 basically, um, I think that that feeling of like coming to the store once a day, buying uh, another um, pack from your allowance, or I don't know, like it, 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 it's that feeling of nostalgia of being a kid, of being surprised and hopeful every day, every single day, right? And and I think that that's what makes me excited about NFTs in general. Um, but and and besides that, like getting that I don't know, like cool card or 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 that that expectation that I can get a very cool card that I'm missing, right? To complete a set, right? Um, so when we were kids, I, I don't know, like I remember if you completed the. Um, the World Cup uh, stickers album of uh, Panini, then you could have won uh, tickets to a World Cup game, right? Or something like that. But and it was obviously very hard to complete the, the entire album because there were rare pieces and, and whatnot. But but you always had that, you know, like that uh, fantasy that you will do it. You will, um, you will play for... for for enough cards to, you know, like earn cards from friends or I don't know, like stuff like that. And, and, and it's maybe like it, it could, it could feel naive, but it feels like warm and nice. And you're like, it's, it's fun to, 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 to feel that way. And, and that's why I think that like, let's say on TikTok or Instagram or whatever, right. Then there are a lot of videos nowadays of people, um, um, Unwrapping, you know, like a, a yeah, unboxing basic one pack, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Unboxing a or ripping a, packs, a pack. yeah, yeah. Um, and and basically, like it, it, it could be a pack that's I don't know, being bought like twenty years ago, right? And and that feeling of oh my god, I can I can get a Charizard, right? That, that's 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 something that makes me very uh, um, very excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There is a uh, there's. It's sort of like a slot machine of sorts. I mean, you're ripping that pack. It's something you can have a, eaten by a bunch of packs at the store back in the day. And it's funny because it's exactly what my premise was coming into the space was like my company's called Spire S P Y R. So for Web three, mm-hmm. I flipped it and called it Rips R Y P S. And my whole plan mm-hmm. was to be like pack ripping bringing artists together, making the same experience, but digitally, where you're really just having the vibe, which connects to Top Shot and things, but like more yeah. in this space, the different like varying IP, almost like you're getting a um, a grab bag of sorts, like a pack that you, would, you wouldn't necessarily have just, uh, just Pokemon. It's like all the different things from this same little area of a corner of the internet, if you will. Um, but it was something that that's sort of what brought me here. And then I started dabbling and just doing uh, generative projects. But I think there's some magic to that where it it's, again, giving people something to feel. That's really what this all comes down to. I totally agree. I think that, like, that's also why I feel so connected to to Animatas as a collection and, and obviously to Gustavo's... Uh, art in general because it's like the perfect combination of all the not all but mo- but a lot of stuff that makes me feel super nostalgic and like that's the feeling i feel people are looking for right because okay there is a feeling of flexing and that's important as well right but 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 the the feeling of nostalgia and the feeling of you know like thinking okay that was my childhood like Super Mario, right, and and uh, and anime, and you know, like all, all that kind of stuff, put together into one collection, and you know, like all that um, dystopian, uh, uh, futuristic or retro futuristic uh, movies that we loved in the nineties, you know, The Fifth Element, Demolition Man, you know, like Blade Runner, I don't know. So all all that stuff, I mean, it, it you know, like it, it, I have goosebumps right now because I'm thinking about it right and that's that's what i love about it and 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 it's always about you know like making you feel and i and i think that um as a builder right 
then like NFTs is the first first time I dabbled with uh, art, right? Uh, and 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 basically, uh, like I do tech, right? But but the moment I I realized that art can make me uh, feel so much in that sense, as a builder, it made me it made me more passionate about what I'm what I'm going to build, right? And and what like what I I convey to other people, right? And that's 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 for me is that for me is uh, is like the reason number one and maybe even the only one I'm doing NFTs. Yeah, for sure. And since you mentioned tech, I know you're not as public on exactly who you are, but I would love to talk a little bit just about your background in uh, machine or computer vision, which I do not even know what that means. AI, you have a PhD as far as I, right. I could tell in, in sort of these areas. So whatever you're comfortable with, I'd love to sort of dive into sort of your background and where you come from and what led you to um, maybe to tech and, and what, what the draw was initially for you. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so basically um, I've been like, I love tech all, all, all my, like my entire life, but um, I really like when I, you know, like started uh, my undergrad, then I decided to go for electrical engineering uh, because I really wanted to understand like how systems work, right? And and you know like get this I don't know, like hardware, software, whatever, you know, like get the, the 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 general grasp of of how to make tech work, right? So I had like a I had a bit of experience before, but but not not as big as, as, as I got, uh, uh, while, you know, studying in the, in the university. Yeah. Were you just dabbling, and, just sort of helping people with computers and things? I know that's, that was my sort of, uh, lane is I was always the computer guy, always helping people with, uh, various things from a very yes, early age. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, same here. And you're like, I don't know, like, uh, learning how to code and you're like, uh, I don't know, HTML when I was really like a young kid. Uh, really excited about the internet and building websites, right, and uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, and and I think that you know I, I started working for uh, uh, for a hardware company that uh, I won't give out its its name, but uh, but uh, um, I, I I started working there and I felt that I don't know I felt maybe it's not for me like the the entire, you know, like being a tech guy and, and whatnot. And, you know, like in a specific moment uh, in my undergrad, I decided to um, to take a specific uh, class called Intro to Image Processing. And it was just, you know, like for extra credits and, uh, and I didn't really need it, right? And it was like, ah, I'll do something that, I feel it could be easy or whatever, and and basically I fell in love with uh, image processing and computer vision, which is like the uh, the twin the twin sister of it, right? Um, and and the rest is history because that's what made me uh, go into uh, machine learning and uh, image processing and computer vision and optics, and that's. Where I uh, uh, what I what I what was uh, uh, my master degree, master's degree and PhD, and basically, I mean that now I'll talk a bit about computer vision, but I fell in love with it because I felt that it's the first time I'm getting instant feedback, visual feedback for the work I'm doing, for the ideas I'm having. And and basically, you know, like we see today, uh, I don't know, like all that AI stuff, you know, like stable diffusion and DALI 2 and, you know, like all the generative uh, stuff. And I remember that when I started then, you know, like doing all that stuff and thinking about algorithms um, that, that do certain tasks and, you know, like, I don't know, like uh, how to put, how to... Uh, take an image of, uh, I don't know, like the Grand Canyon, right? Uh, or something like that, or or any canyon. And 
to put a print on it that will look like a graffiti, right? Something like that. And that that's like for me, it was super creative and and it felt like, okay, wow, once I'm once I succeed and make it even robust or or more generalized, then like I did something and I see it like one moment after, you know? And and that's something that really changed like the, the, the path for me. And you know, like I became um I became an expert in, in computer vision, uh, still developing a lot of uh, algorithms in uh, in this field, and and basically like you know NFTs and you know like machine vision, let's say computer vision doesn't matter. Um, they're very correlated because you know like generative art and 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 uh, all those generative collections, obviously, and that's that's what people do today, like in AI. And basically, it's 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 like as as a researcher in this field, it's like understanding um, images or videos or any visual content in many um, different ways. You know, like uh, the layers of it visually and the frequencies of of the of the image and like a lot of different stuff. And and you know, like image processing is really you know, like making cool cool like making cool stuff and filters and whatnot and and computer vision it's like it's 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 twin actually that that's what i said before um where you 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 can you understand what what is happening in the image or in the video just using algorithms which is pretty cool like using i don't know like neural networks or whatnot. And and then once you have this context aware um, method or algorithm, then you can manipulate the, the image with image processing in a lot of different ways. Because like, let's say I see you now uh, on the Zoom call, right? Then let's say I can, I can filter you out of the background because I know you're a person, et cetera. And then put I don't know like a virtual ba background you know like um, um, behind you and and actually Zoom does that right but 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 like that's the stuff um, like I was working on I don't know like five or six years ago and and that that's the cool stuff that I love because you know like it really um, it's really useful you really see it and and it's really fun. Oh yeah. So that's what I was going to ask is your example for um, like putting graffiti onto the Grand Canyon. That's something now we think about, oh, Photoshop, I would drag it in, I would do this, I would do that, whatever you, one would do to create that. But you're doing that with algorithms and also um, sort of defining the algorithms that make this happen. So sort of timing wise, when you when you got into computer vision, was there a starting off point for you? Because I know we're about the same age. Like I just turned forty. Like just knowing you grew up in the nineties, I don't want like any specifics, you know. But like, no, it's okay. I'm 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 thirty five. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, timing wise, then where was computer vision? Because now we take so much for granted. I mean, like I mean, when Snapchat had filters back in the day, it's like, whoa, it'll do all these things, and now there's just an explosion of yeah. what I guess would be computer vision. So, so it's funny because when I started doing image processing and computer vision, it was, um, I got 2014, 2015, something like that. And, and basically, um, it was you know, like most of the people still, even, even in the field itself, most of the people still didn't use, you know, like neural networks and, and deep learning, machine learning, et cetera. Um, and. And now, you know, now it's a commodity, right? I mean, everyone uses it and yeah, it's, it exploded. Um, but back then you had to really think of, you know, like feature engineering for every different task that, that, that you wanted to do. And you're know, like generalizing tasks to, to, I don't know, like to work uh, in the wild, let's say, or, or like not in, the, not in lab conditions. Um, that was super hard. Um, and, 
And obviously, deep learning, et cetera, it made a lot of the things easier because you know, generalizing became much easier and you, know, like you could do a lot of uh, deeper and new tasks. Um, but, but back then, you know, like, I think that um, the, the edge that I have over um, researchers that didn't know those uh, methods and, uh, and old manual algorithms, basically, uh, or 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 manually engineered uh, algorithms is that you know like I I I know um, how to engineer features uh, even like like in in many different ways and it helps me understand like how neural networks let's say think right I mean quote unquote but but think uh, and and. And it makes me, you know, like more, I I think more um, resilient to changes in the field, and you're know, like uh, more receptive to 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 new stuff because I mean it's it's basically built on the same building blocks that I um, learned before the world changed, you know, like to deep learning and doing all everything with um, neural networks, etc. Yeah, yeah, it's such a fascinating area, like. What would someone working in that space, what would a typical day look like? Because I feel like it's so hard to grasp the uh, the breadth of the timeline to develop some of these things that now we just take so much for granted. Yeah, so so basically, I mean, it always, at least the, the way I feel is that it always happens in like, you know, each year there is like a new algorithm and everyone, like all researchers are trying to, you know, like manipulate it a bit or, 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 um, or make it a bit better or you know, like try different and exciting new tasks using it. And you know, like you get a lot of different use cases and that's how basically everything blows up, right? Because there are a lot of different researchers that come with a lot of different ideas with the same algorithm or or with similar a, a similar family of you know like algorithms and and I, I think like the day to day you know um, as someone who is mostly a researcher and uh, also a developer but uh, you know, like that's not only when you have to really implement stuff um, I feel that like a lot of my days are just sitting and thinking and you know like and trying stuff, you know, like it's it's a lot of trial and error, and you know, like there are a lot of. I feel a lot of um, different eureka moments. You know, like I uh, suddenly, you know, like uh, I have an idea, and and I'm trying stuff, and you're know, like, once 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 your days look like that, I mean, besides besides being super fun right um it's also very um fulfilling and satisfying to you know like come up with new ideas and you know like um getting new use cases for existing algorithms or make or making them different or better yeah yeah i mean that sitting and thinking it's like a philosopher <laughs> i mean it's like a tech philosopher where you're pondering and putting these uh puzzle pieces together like I think that's partially what really speaks to me about all of tech and programming and whatnot is that it's it's solving deep problems and it might not even be problems that we know yet like I just talked to um, Aaron Blaisdell who's a neuroscientist and he the way he described his research with through cognition into cognition with pigeons was that essentially he's taking a flashlight shining it on the corner of the room and discovering more dark areas that we need to shine on. And it's just, I thought that was a really great way to look at it because it's, it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And as you described, having developers, having uh, researchers take an algorithm that everyone's looking at and then poking and prodding and adjusting and tweaking and seeing, they're yeah. just shining light on more uh, unknown areas sort of in the, in the room that is that algorithm. I, I totally agree. And you're like, that's, like a lot of people um, say that you know to to have 
great ideas or you know, great advancements in, in something, uh, you need to think outside of the box, right? There's this saying outside of the box, right? Um, but I think that a lot of times amazing ideas come from thinking inside the box only differently. You know, like a, a re rearranging everything you have inside the box and sometimes it just, you know, creates a, an entirely um, new field, right? An entirely um, new dimensions of problems you can solve, and um, and and I think that it, it really, um, it like it really speaks to me what you said because um, like shining that light uh, to a dark uh, corner of the room, then. You know, like it starts with uh, like seeing a spider there, right, or something like that. And once the spider runs away, then maybe you see that he made this, I don't know, like huge web, right? And then you see like, oh, cool, there's this ant stuck in there, right? And, and I mean, it, it it becomes like a world, right? And and that's 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 something that you know, like everything you do makes you think more, makes you. Um, come up with more ideas and and maybe like maybe like next time you'll encounter a specific problem then oh cool you know you know that you did something before that might uh solve this one so yeah absolutely do you find that you um switch out of say a computer vision mode like do you reach maybe for certain books or types of podcasts or anything to really uh to sharpen the mind, but not be so laser focused, because that's something for me, I feel like I need to jump over to, I don't know, personal development or some stoic philosophy I really love, like things that are, mm -hmm. it's all connected, but it's not what I'm doing on a day-to-day -day basis. Do you have anything like that that you reach for? Yeah, so so basically, uh, I, I do love um, reading like philosophy uh, books about a lot of stuff, you know, like Plato or... You know, like a lot of uh, different Greek uh, philosophers or stuff like that, because I think that you know, like it makes you think on a more general sense, you know, and and basically sometimes it gives you, you know, if 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 I'm taking it back to computer vision, then you know, I once I woke up and I asked myself, wait, if two images rhymed, how would it look like? How would it look like, right? I mean, because if words, they do what? Sorry? sounds, rhyme. Oh, if they rhyme, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so basically, you know, like words rhyme, you know? And and I thought like images, like an image is worth like, I don't know, like 1,000 words or whatever they say, right? But what would it look like if they rhyme, if, they, if two images rhyme and, and can I find an algorithm that searches for pairs of images to try, right? And and I, I still I still didn't get the answer, right? But but it's something to think about because you know, like in terms of philosophy, that's like not the way you think about rhyming, right? But 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 still there is something there because you know like a word describes something and an image describes something as well, right? I mean that's that's like how you pair stuff and that's like how you learn a language right so so if we could um make those analogies with rhyming and i don't know like all that stuff that, that, then maybe it would open up something new with images as well yeah that's really fascinating i obviously never thought thought of that before but i really like just just pondering that yeah what would it mean for visuals to rhyme it's sort of like how in audio it's so hard to describe audio like it at least in right. my mind yeah because that's I, I agree because like with audio then it's more like how how it makes you feel you know like this voice makes me feel i don't know like safe or a worm inside or you know, stuff like that or or this music it, it gives me goosebumps right it sounds like that but but with an image yeah you can describe it with words much better because all 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 of your thinking 
is is like is like pairing wor- images and words right I mean that's yeah yeah and yeah I mean with audio yes. too it's like you can't just if you don't have lyrics to a song you couldn't search for it we don't have that context in our brains and it's something that I I know through machine learning, trying to be able to search through all these different things, whether it's like a Google search or something else, it's so, it's so valuable. But at the same time, it's, it's so weird because we're not even wired that way to, to sort of define certain things like that. Yet. Right. I agree. Yeah. It's... Yeah. And, and I think like it, it takes me back um, to, to, to NFTs because, you know, like we're talking about, feelings you know like how how you describe stuff right and and I think that um that's why you know like I, I say all the time that nfts are for me are mostly digital toys right I mean that's that's what they are and and I think that you know like I love power Rangers when I was a kid right so that's like was one of my favorites and I had um, action figures and you know like all that. Um, and, and like, I'm trying to, to, to think about all the, all the imaginary, um, uh, scenarios I used to, um, do with all those action figures. And like, when I think about Animetas, for example, then I have this picture, right? But, but it's not only a picture. I mean, you know, like you can, you can develop an entire world around this specific car- character right and 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 then you can decide that you don't want this world anymore and wake up the next day and develop a different new world right and and, and every story it, it could be amazing and it's all based on like i don't know like it's uh 600 over 600 pixels right and that's that's basically that right and 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 think about like how it makes you um creative and 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 how how much substance could be in like this simple image yeah what are some ways that you think we could use something like an nft to um empower people for that creativity since there isn't the tan there isn't the action figure or at least not yet you know yeah, so to empower people, I, I think that you know, like I think that m- money is, is empowering, right? I mean, that's that's one sense of it, right? Because once I don't know, like once Yuga did this genius genius thing of uh, giving the IP rights to each owner, right? Then you could I don't know, like go and and make your own burger shop or or your own co- coffee or or just make a brand out of your out of your ape, right? And and that's like I think phase number one because it creates like an emotional connection between you and the image, right? And that's super important. But also, you know, like you can make a living out of it, and that's super cool as well. Um, but more than that, I think that you know, like some things that we haven't um, explored enough yet is how you um, how you really create like this story world uh, or or fantasy world of or whatever around those uh, images and around those nfts and you're like let's say um, just stuff that I'm thinking like uh, You're getting a little muffled. I don't know if maybe your finger might be over a mic. Okay, how, how about now? Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Now I can hear you. Okay, great. Um, so, so basically, um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, but you have to remind me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just sort of how we can empower people. So um, oh, you mentioned yeah, yeah. yeah with IP and things, but. Um, yeah, cracking that code. Yes. Yeah, so, 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 like, when I'm thinking about um, like future use cases for NFTs that 
I don't know if, if empowerment is the right word, word but they're like making new and personal content and experiences for owners because like let's say um, Disney releases I don't know like a set of one million NFTs right uh, whatever right and you get one right and you go to Disneyland or Disney World or whatever um, and there's this ride where if you have an NFT and you use it to go on the ride then that the what you see in the right you know, maybe it's ar maybe it's uh, vr it doesn't matter then it's something that is related personally to the nft that you own right or or if you watch a, a, a disney plus show right i mean um and and you connect to the account with your wallet that owns a specific nft then that nft becomes the protagonist of the show and it's yours right i mean that's that's the kind of stuff i i think um, so like it, it, it's empowering, but in terms of like something like feeling that something is yours, like an experience is truly yours and yours alone. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And be, being able to take it with you. I like the thought in person, like at Disney going on a ride and having it customized there. Like it, it is just a little, it's like a little thank you. It's a, you're, you're, you're suddenly putting this tangible physical feeling like actual like the feeling going through this experience has now been connected to that nft in a way that's very unique i really like the thought of that yeah because if you think about it like i don't know, like if you have apple music or spotify or whatnot right then i don't know like once a year or or on your birthday they make like a list that is that is for you right that is right tailor made for you because they know like what songs you like and what music you like and like all that stuff right and and okay that's per, that's like personally for you but obviously it's from ip that everyone can listen to and everyone knows probably right um unless you like very niche stuff right i don't know what but but basically if you think about it then taking that to the next step is exactly what I'm talking about because you you own like a specific NFT and it doesn't have to be unique. Maybe it's a, a small group of people that owns it, right? But but only you guys can get into a specific um, uh, a specific experience that anyone can get into. But when you get into it, then you see it differently than anyone else, right? I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, so we started this conversation talking about agility and being agile and experimenting and testing and moving forward. What are some of the things that maybe have changed? Because we all start with a premise. We come into the space, we find it. Like, are there some um, hypotheses or uh, things that you've poked on through through the project, just uh, through looking outwardly, that have changed how you're looking at things from when when this all started. Yes, so I think that there was, for me at least, a lot of trial and error uh, once I got in, like since I got into the space, and and I feel like a lot of um, different phases made me realize different stuff because, like today. Even though I'm super proud of uh, the 10K project and Metas is right, then I do think that scale should should look a lot differently than you know, like um, making the collection bigger or or the second generation of the collection because it means that you know, like I want I want more people to participate and 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 to make it easy easy for them to participate. That's that's one thing. Another premise is that, like, when I got into the space and learned more about, you know, like, ETH and, and NFTs in general, and, you know, like, all that, then I really thought, like, a purist, you know, like, everyone should, you know, like, uh, uh, be their own custodian, you know, like, uh, have a hardware wallet, etc. And I realized that most people like won't do it and it's a barrier for mass adoption right and today i'm thinking who cares like what's the engine that 
that is running things in the background, right? I mean, let's just give people easy ways to own digital items, right? And it should be on on the Ethereum blockchain or or L2 chains or whatever, but but it should be easy to onboard to NFTs. It shouldn't be like this huge barrier of you know like buying ETH, opening a MetaMask or or an equivalent and and minting and you know like getting like exposing yourself to all those risks, right? And and you should just you know, like be able to connect with your email, pay with a credit card, something like TopShot, but on 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 the Ethereum blockchain. So that's that's the second thing that I think changed changed for me. Um, and and also like the third thing is that like I wasn't too excited about how metaverses looked when I got into NFTs. Um, and I'm still not very excited about it, but but like I think I'm on a on a journey with myself to define what is the metaverse because like at this specific moment I think it's more like an overlay to real life like AR or something like that then it's like me going to a world that I don't really exist in right uh, because like then that won't get really mass adoption and become part of our lives in my opinion um yeah and that's something i'm still thinking about yeah and it comes back to that experience like if there's a reason to experience it in that way to be within there there there's something but i like i feel very similarly there's so many different metaverses everyone's like this is this is the next big thing like you're doing uh other side and just every everywhere there's something that's going to be huge but i do keep questioning but but why like sort of like just to have a game like and i know you've talked about this too just to have a game isn't the like the win like the win is to have a game that's fun that people want to keep playing like there's there's that next step that's so important and i think that ties right into metaverses too that just having one doesn't really mean that anyone other than holders will feel anything will have any connection to a given metaverse or like even want to use it I agree, and I think like you know, maybe maybe like for me, I need a really good reason, you know, like to to stay in a virtual space for a very long time and spend like my days there or whatever. Um, maybe it works for our teens or kids or whatnot because you know like they have a lot of spare time and you know like they can invest it in in this kind of stuff and you know. Like, it's fantasy worlds and and all that, but I think like for grown-ups, it it cannot work like that. Um, and I think that experimenting with, with stuff is is great. And because, for example, other side, I mean, the stuff they're doing technologically, you know, like I don't know, like two hundred thousand people in the same uh, place. That's that's super cool, right? I mean, I mean the how it renders uh, uh, in real time and and all that. I mean, I love that, but but I, I don't know if if I'll like if I could spend a lot of time in in such a world. Not because I have anything against such a world, but like that's not how I spend my, my time usually. So you know, like that's yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm right there with you. It because like honestly, like Second Life that exists. It's been around for a very long time. There is a core group of, I think that like 50 to 60,000 people who are like diehards, regular users of it. And like that is a metaverse. It is somewhere you can go and connect with people. And people are there because of the community. They're there because they've built friendships over the years. And I'm like, they're, they're adults now using it, but they're there because of what they've built together, I think. Mm-hmm. And just just having a metaverse, just having a destination, is missing all the magic of of all of it. So it would be like it'd be hard for me too, like to spend any 
any real measurable amount of time in something that doesn't have that really strong pull of some sort. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And like, I never even looked at Second Life, right? I mm -hmm. mean, that's same. Um, never, never tried it. Never, you know, it, it, it's not appealing for me at least. Um, and and I do think that, for example, like um, another Pokemon example is Pokemon Go, right? Because that was another layer to life, right? So you could, I don't know, like walk around the street or, or uh, walk with a friend or whatever and just find Pokemon wherever, right? I mean, and, and that created, I don't know, like casual meetings between people or a lot of people going to the same place because they heard there's a... Pokemon there or or whatnot, and and basically it didn't change like how you behave in 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 real life because you always walk around with your phone right and 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 sometimes you're on the street right so maybe it makes you walk more right but 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 basically what it did is it added a layer to what you were doing anyway and that's how. I feel um, successful and viral technologies work. Yeah, definitely. That makes perfect sense because, yeah, it's not just this exists so people use it and love it. It's There's so much more that goes into it that the more seamless it can become, the more mm -hmm. the more likely it is that people will that they'll want to want to be a part of it. So you're big on punks, on crypto punks. And right. or I know like you've you've been sort of within the community for a little bit. There is a magic to it that I'm curious. Um, so we have the we have that it is uh, from 2017. It's or 17, I believe, right? <clears throat> um, so like it's we have the the time that it's been around, but I can't help but feel like there's a magic to it, and that it is a PFP. It's a a JPEG, whatever you want to look at, that is so broad. It's so um, generic, if you will. There's not a lot of detail mm -hmm. there where people can project so much onto it that, like, I've been, I talked about this with Amara a lot, and like, um, that there, there's something more there because people can connect with it in a richer way than almost every other uh, NFT. And like the example I think about is Spotty. So Spotty Wi-Fi, he has his Spotty yeah. like like CryptoPunk, but that is just the little seed that then he built everything on top of where he's almost, it's it's like his identity is the CryptoPunk, but more so it's all the other uh, derivatives, all the everything that was built on top of it because there was room for it. Um, and I just, I'm, I'm just sort of curious, do you, do you feel a similar sort of value in punks in that way? Or, or how do you look at punks in general? So, yeah, I mean, I think that punks are genius in so many levels that most of them are like probably a coincidence because like you can predict what will happen, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, Larva Labs just made them and released them and thought that would be a fun experiment right and and yeah so okay they're from 2017 but probably there are a lot more uh projects from uh, back then i mean and and basically i totally agree with what you're saying because in terms of art they are basically nothing and they're also everything i mean like like i I don't know why, but when you look at them, you're like, what's, I mean, it's, it's 24 by 24 pixels, right? I mean, that's, that's all that is. And, and still like when you look at a punk, then there's so much character inside it. Like, and, and you, you, you see like how, I, I mean, it, it does make you feel it's like, okay, this punk is cool because um it wears 3d glasses and man i i used to wear those when i was a kid and you know like all that or or vr uh, glasses or or 
uh, handlebars, uh, mustache, or like all that. And, and I don't know, like, it seems like, although they're super small, each one of them has like this cool character that you can build around, right? And, and, and yeah, they are like, they are vanilla, but still they're, they have so many flavors, right? I mean, that's, that's basically what they are. And, and, and that's why I'm super excited about them. Um, and also, I mean, they don't have royalties. The, the marketplace, it's, it's like basically, it's not even ERC721. Um, it's like, uh, an, I don't know, like enhanced ERC20. So it means it's like, uh, you know, like those uh, silver dollars uh, with the president's uh, uh, on there, right? Or something like that in the US. Mm -hmm. um, then it's pretty much the same. I mean, you have like a unique coin um, and there are 10K of those. And they run their own marketplace and you can get a, get them out of there and you can change it. And you're like, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's like the perfect NFT in my opinion. Uh-huh. Definitely. Yeah. It's something that I wish I was early enough into, into understanding and believing in the space that I would have yeah. had the opportunity because it was like so many people, like I was the end of 2020 when I started buying ETH, like I wasn't, it wasn't like way back when, when I knew people who had Bitcoin and it, unfortunately the one person that I knew who really was into it, I'm like, he's a little nuts. <laughs> and I'm like, it, it threw me off. Like more like I was uh, more skeptical about it because of his belief, unfortunately, than really taking a step back and being like, let me look at this. Let me look at where this is going and what this could be. But yeah, I just, I find punks, so uh so valuable to to dissect and it's sort of that like it comes like to like a brand too the like the real value is that space between us and the brand and the magic happens there where it's like yeah yeah the punk is is the punk like spotty for example like it, it is a spot <laughs> a spotty punk but the magic is happening here because we're creating it. Our brains, our hearts, like we're we're filling in all that connective tissue. And I think it's something that when it comes to PFPs and IP specific related projects, um, I think it's something that a lot of a lot of people could learn from, like sort of really now looking at the the broad scope of everything. Like we've seen so much in the last year and now everything has uh, quieted down of of course, as it as it should, yeah. it can't be boom forever. Um, but yeah, I think it's something valuable to to be looking at uh, moving forward. But we're at time. I don't want to take too much of your time. I really appreciate you taking the time out to uh, share a little bit about your story. But to dive into these topics, I just find all of this fascinating. I've always really appreciated your insight into all of it, and the threads you write are phenomenal. And yeah, I Thank just you. I appreciate your time. Thank you, and I love being here, and you're a great host. Uh, so thanks a lot, and let's do it uh, another time. I mean, yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, we, we'll definitely have to have a round two. Where should we send people to uh, to follow along with you and the project and everything? Where should we send? So my Twitter account and uh, and then Meta's Twitter account. That's like. Sweet. Yeah, the best. Where, 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 where I'll be. Yeah, so that's... Perfect. Yeah, and it's Cyber cyber 49. The H is silent, right? Is that what it is? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. But yeah, thanks again. I really appreciate your time. And yeah, we'll definitely have to put one, put one of these on the schedule in the future to have a round two. I want to thank Cyber for joining me on this episode. You can follow him on Twitter at Cyber, the letter H, 49 cyber h 49 and you can find animetas everywhere it's a, an amazing project i love the uh the pixel art from uh gustavo just all of it it's a it's an awesome project and as you can see cyber loves this uh loves the space and loves creating and building and growing and yeah i really uh found it fascinating what you how you doing over there amara good your camera's working i was afraid Yay! it wasn't gonna kick on wasn't gonna show you but yeah, I just, all the computer vision stuff, like, I find that very fascinating. I had no 
damn idea what he was talking about for the last over an hour. Sorry. I was I was trying it's... to keep track, but I was like, my tiny little peanut brain well, no, no, no. handle it. No, but see, like, I mean, computer <laughs> science is my like air, yeah, my nerd. technical area well yeah so but i find it really fascinating i'm really glad uh that he took the time it I was know. really cool i was just like i don't understand well yeah and there's nothing wrong with that at all like it's just i yeah. learned something today <laughs> but yeah I hope, I hope you enjoyed it. i hope everyone listening i hope you enjoyed it as well and i want to thank you for listening thank you for subscribing giving a little thumbs up if if you do and if you don't why not it's just a little don't you laugh. Yeah. Give him a <laughs> thumbs up or I'll find you. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, uh, this has been starting now. <laughs> I'm Jeff Sayers. I love that you're always laughing at me. <laughs> Every intro or outro, there's something. <laughs> but anyway, this is starting now. I'm Jeff Sayers and I'll see you next time. You better give it a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs>